0: to another MLex podcast. If you've listened in before, thanks for joining us again. And if this is your first time, a very warm welcome. I'm Matthew Holhouse, senior correspondent in MLex's London bureau. And today I'm talking with correspondents Victoria Ibadoye and Simon Zakaria, who focus on UK antitrust issues. Welcome both. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Theresa May entered office three years ago with high hopes of fixing what she called Britain's dysfunctional markets she hinted at a more interventionist era. After Brexit, a Britain that works for everyone, she promised. But she left office last month with many major reforms only halfway done. We've seen a flurry of activity, consultations and reports launched in her tenure on consumer markets, tackling the tech giants, taking on the cosy audit industry, a new post-Brexit state aid regime and a better eye on foreign direct investment. But many have been left incomplete and it now falls to the new Brexit Secretary Andrea Leadsom to tackle this bulging in-tray just as all the government's energy is directed at delivering Brexit by October 31st. So let's look at what awaits Andrea Leadsom. First of all Uh, tackling consumer markets. One of Theresa May's last announcements was that she would alter the rules that govern the CMA to allow it to sanction companies that break consumer law without recourse to the courts. And just before he left office, Greg Clark made a major speech in which he described the penalties that consumers pay for their gas and electricity as unfinished business. And we are scheduled to have a major policy paper in the autumn tackling these consumer markets. Simon Zakaria would you explain what is the CMA looking at in this
1: space? Thanks Matthew. So uh, in terms of the CMA, we had a big development in February this year. So uh, Chairman Andrew Tyree of the Competition and Markets Authority sent proposals to Clark with essentially what was a wish list to overhaul the CMA's competition and consumer powers. This was very wide-ranging across antitrust enforcement and merger control Solutions he proposed included shaking up legal processes in courts, the power to impose remedies on companies to get their conduct into line, and to also step up guidance on penalties. Now, weaving through all of these proposals were two strands, mainly consumer protection and digital markets. In terms of consumer protection, he said that this is the new guiding light for the CMA. In terms of digital markets, He said, the current regime, in a very colourful quote, is fit only for the analogue age and not the digital age. Therefore, he needed to do more to step up protection of consumers from tech market abuses.
0: So overall, it it is targeting the agency more directly at at the interests of the consumer and these sort of pocketbook issues of gas bills and electricity bills and
1: so on. That's right. So under Andrea Caselli, who's the chief executive of the CMA, there's... CMA has taken on a much more consumer focused orientation. Up until now it essentially has enforcement powers in a very definitive way in antitrust, but it doesn't but it lacks that in consumer protection. So essentially these set of proposals are essentially designed to bring the CMA up to speed in consumer protection and allow it to penalize companies in in the same way and therefore extend its remit across the consumer landscape as well as antitrust.
0: So let's turn to digital markets now. One of Theresa May's last appearances before she left office was at London Tech Week, in which she endorsed the idea of US academic Jason Furman, who produced a major report for the Treasury that the UK would have a digital markets unit, a dedicated government uh, office that would look at the power of Facebook, Google, and Amazon, their dominance in search and social media, and so on. Furman's idea was that there'd be a new regime of on interoperability that these companies would be put on under this uh, unit spotlight. They'd be compelled to report mergers uh, earlier on to prevent them uh, making these killer acquisitions, and and that they would. Uh, be forced to share, allow users to share data more easily. This is to, to tackle their dominance. But that's not the only uh, game in town here. We've also seen the CMA announce um, just before May left office that there would be a market study of this sector. How do these two pieces fit together, Victoria? Because they would seem to overlap a little bit.
2: Yeah, so um, last month, the CMA um, essentially put forward its own strategy for digital markets which um, somewhat conflicted with Furman's proposals because throughout that strategy, it was very clear that it thinks it is best placed to tackle the problems of regulating digital markets. It thinks its, it's expertise makes it um, well-equipped and it um, has a proven history of tackling these kind of industries. So I guess the conflict here is it's not quite clear in which strategy is going to win out. Um, we are hoping to get some clarity on this Later this year, with the publication of a green paper, which is supposed to outline what regulation of the digital economy might look like, um, so we will see who emerges as the victor in that. In that debate, um, at the moment, it's it's still up in the
0: air. Because, because Furman doesn't actually specify who owns this regulator. Is it a yeah. standalone thing? Is it part of the CMA? Is it part of the Information yeah. Commissioner?
2: Yeah, that's that's a big gap in the Furman report. It doesn't actually say who should be tasked with controlling this digital markets unit. It just kind of puts the idea out there and leaves it up to the government to decide.
0: And do we know anything else that we should be expecting in in this Green Paper, which Theresa May's administration had had scheduled?
2: Yeah, we do know a little bit. So the Green Paper is supposed to kind of not only give clarity on the digital markets regime, but also kind of set out what may be taken forward from Tyree's List, shopping list they put forward in February. So, and we do know that the government is quite keen to look at the markets regime a bit closer. Um, So, this is currently uh, a process which allows the CMA to investigate wide markets. It's very unique to the UK system, um, but it is somewhat rigid in its approach. So, currently, the CMA, if it decides it wants to look at a market, it has Uh, it puts out a notice and then it has six months to decide whether or not it's going to make a proposal for a market investigation and then it has to make that proposal within 12 months Um, and there has been some debate that that doesn't work because the cma is under pressure to make that decision very very early um it may not have all the information it has at six months and it can sometimes make the wrong call and then has to deploy a lot of resources and i think I mean, we've seen with this recently launched online advertising and digital digital markets uh, investigation that it could mean that, you know, there are some very tricky industries that CMA is, is looking at and um, it, it would want to get it right. It wouldn't want to be, you know, the first major regulator to delve into this issue and get it spectacularly wrong. So um, it's something that the government is actually looking at and... We're expecting the green paper to outline how it thinks uh, the market regime for the competition and market authority should develop um, mm. as we move into a post-Brexit
0: era. And we should say at this, point, we we've not had a lot of clues from from Ledson yet about what what she wants to do with that, if if anything at all. We've not they're yet to sort of see what the the white smoke is y- in that direction.
2: Yeah, I mean, n- not fully. We've we we've had some suggestions uh, that greater flexibility might mean, um, I guess the most obvious would be more time uh, and no longer have to, you know, by six months have an idea whether or not you're going to make a market investigation referral. Um, And there's also been some talk about just moving on from that, the merger regime, whether or not um, the UK might have to start considering remedies a lot earlier, um, whether or not it might have to tweak its panel system to be more in line with some of the big international jurisdictions. I mean, a lot of these are just ideas at this stage. Um, so yeah, it is still all to play for and we don't, um, it, it will be interesting to see how that develops further down the line.
0: And more on the topic of different regulators, new regulators and how they fit together. Simon, you want to bring in the, the serious fraud office, who are in another piece of the jigsaw.
1: That's right. Victoria talked about Brexit and I think that's a very important point to uh, elaborate on because... Brexit is often styled by the regulators as a great opportunity. But there is also the risk of a turf war developing um, or breaking out between the watchdogs uh, because it essentially is a uh, a temporal juncture for them to widen their reach and to extend their powers across the legislative agenda. So uh, this can be seen in numerous different ways, For example, uh, some of the proposals made by Tyree in his February uh, proposal talked about the work of the CMA to crack down on criminal cartels. But this also may step on the toes of the Serious Fraud Office, for example, which also does work in this area. In terms of consumer protection, we also have the CMA talking about loyalty payments. So these are essentially Companies that abuse consumers for their loyalty, Mm -hmm. in the sense that they don't give them good deals uh, for products and services. This is this is your
0: gas company. Exactly. This is your household bills.
1: These these are your uh, utilities, Mm -hmm. your telecoms uh, providers, etc.
0: And this is somebody else's turf at the moment.
1: Well, this is a uh, developing situation. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of consumer protection bodies that say, well, you know, uh, we also have recommendations on. Uh, loyalty payments or lo- loyalty penalties in a sense, uh, and that uh, you know your your proposals uh, may not fit exactly with what we want to do. so this is a kind of a, a developing situation of potential conflicts between the CMA and other regulators in various different ways across their enforcement capabilities. Let's turn
0: to a, another big piece of work which Greg Clark and Theresa May left behind, which is the audit market. This is, this is the review of the way in which the, the big four auditors uh, were scrutinising scrutinizing companies. There were some very high-profile corporate failures where it looked like perhaps there'd been misreporting going on and they want to bring in greater competition uh, to that industry, Victoria, will you bring us up to speed on on where the work is on that and what uh, Andrea Ledson has to pick up?
2: Yes. Yeah, so audit has been a big um, topic for a while now. Um, the uh, UK CMA most recently put forward its uh, proposals from its market investigation, which included recommending uh, the, that the Big Four hold joint audits with challenge auditors and uh, operationally separate their consulting divisions from their. Um, Auditing work, um, and at the moment, uh, the government is currently consulting on that. Last month, it uh, published a long-awaited uh, consultation document. Um, it's invited parties to submit views by September the 13th, and we are seeing slight progress in sort of where that, what what that could lead to um, further down the line. Um, the government has also uh, progressed slightly um, on the formation of a new regulator for the sector. Um, so it's, um, it's actually previously been very critical of the current regulator, the Financial Reporting C- Council, um, for lacking bite and for being a bit too close to the industry. And its replacement, the Audit Reporting and Governance Authority, or ARGA. Um, saw the appointment of its um, chief exec named sometime last month. Uh, Jonathan Thompson um, has been picked to head up that new regulator. And I guess it's sort of at the stage where we're just waiting for the space in the, in the statute, book for there to be actual material legislation to, to change the sector. It's, it's very clear where the direction is going, but at the moment, no, uh, no solid change
0: or no solid movement which was a similar message from on, on the consumer front, the 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 CMA and, and Bayes felt that they were getting to a good place in terms of the legislation being ready, but they needed they needed a window in, in Parliament and and support politically to get it through. At this stage I want to make, mention two other sort of areas of work which which we've had our eye on where things risk grinding to a halt. One was on foreign direct investment. Uh, Theresa May made a, a lot of noise about being more, uh, hawkish, more sceptical about, um, about new investment, particularly in sensitive infrastructure. We're awaiting a white paper and some legislation and some tweaks uh, due to the second session of Parliament. Uh, so, so we see whether the legislation will pick that one up. And the second one is we're, we're still waiting a statutory instrument for state aid to complete its passage through Parliament. So this will hand the CMA powers to, to police the UK state aid, aid regime post-Brexit, and there is uh, there is a debate about whether they've got the balance between the powers in Scotland and the rest of the UK, right, this is uh, a lot of uh, concerns that they might be treading on the devolution settlement there. It's worth returning as well to the political picture, because this is a Brexit administration. This is the government that says it will be out by October 31st, do or die. Uh, there is deadlock in Parliament. Uh, Boris Johnson's grip on, on Parliament is is pretty thin. Does that not make it quite difficult to pass some of uh, these ambitious reforms, given that they will require new legislation? Uh, Victoria. Um,
2: I think for competition, it shouldn't, because I think it's a relatively non-controversial area. And there seems to be some cross-party consensus that it needs to change. It's going to have to change after Brexit. Um, It's just a case of what the competition regime might look like. I guess the digital market stuff is a little bit more controversial. I mean, if there's proposals that uh, could potentially hinder a US trade relationship, that could come in play. But I mean, that's just speculation. I, I should think from a competition standpoint that the only real criticism or the only real thing that could potentially roadblock some of these changes are within the actual sector itself. Everyone has a different view about what it how it should reform and there's a lot of inviting and a lot of uh, controversial proposals. I mean, I know Tyree's proposals in February were not widely uh, accepted by everyone in the industry, Um, so I think that's probably the biggest stumbling block to to anything. Uh, And we should
0: actually, on the audit front, uh, the um, Business Committee in Parliament, Chair by Labour's Rachel, Reeve, is, is, Rachel Reeves is very impatient to see mm. some progress on there and yeah. has been really quite critical of yeah. how long it is taking. Yeah, so There might be some cross-binding support there. Yeah. That's a great place to leave it. Simon, Victoria, thank you very much for joining me. You'll be uh, watching closely to see whether uh, Andrea Leadsom and Boris Johnson can make uh, more progress than Theresa May and Greg Clark thank you for listening. Uh, You can find more of our coverage on mlexmarketinsight.com and click on the Insight Centre where there is an example of some of our recent work. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.